This episode has strong language that's not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. One, two, one, two. Y'all hear me? Man, let's kick this shit off different. Fuck that. Yo, Possum Dove, stand clear to be plugged up into line one and two so y'all can flaunt that new style of speed. And good luck to both of So, on that note, y'all niggas ain't ready for this shit. <laughs> y'all niggas ain't ready for this shit. I start off with the first song everyone heard. Plug tuning, De La Soul. It's where it all started. Everybody was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and like in in a, in an era where like everybody used like they beat the fuck out of James Brown or they beat the fuck out of these same samples. You hear something that's like, what the hell is this? Like the drums are from fucking Manzel's like midnight theme and shit. Like those drums are some of my favorite. Like that's one of my favorite beat breaks. So I'm seeing like this this shit had niggas losing their minds, and they were like, "What is this? Plug one, plug two. You like what? These niggas literally <laughs> were 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 just doing their warm ups. Like as a person who worked with people that are in showbiz and have routines and things of that nature, you know, a lot of times they have to have a warm up session, right? They have to have a little period where they they warm up or at least test the levels. That's all this song was. This shit was fucking dope as fuck. And 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 a lot of people were like, "Oh my gosh. I ain't never heard nothing like this." Right? So so you know, you you got Pasta News who's plug one, right? Who also Kelvin Mercer, right? You got um, Dave, right? Um, True Goy the Dove, who is plug two, right? Then you got PA Pacemaster Mace, also DJ Maceo, you know, uh, who is plug three. And this shit came together beautifully. Now, this is the original press. This is the test pressing from Tommy Boy. This is the original version of that song. On Three Feet High and Rising, there's actually a reprise, if you will. It's it's like a it's like a second form of that song, right? It's it's like if you didn't comprehend it the first time, this is what it really means, right? And um, yeah, like it's really nothing like it. Um, <laughs> it's still nothing like it. Like Three Feet High and Rising as an album was legendary, um, groundbreaking. There's really nothing like it ever, like. And honestly, I can get into like this shit that's much deeper, right? But I just had to come in with a bang. The intro is just something that I wanted to change up. I wanted to change this shit up, make it more interactive, you know, not have it breaking up by like chunks of shit. I was like, man, I need this shit to be live, like even more live. And this is what you're going to get from the Inner Sound series. Yes. The Inner Sound series, which is 
most of Daisy, but I, I it's like Dace, right? But the Inner Sound series consists of all six of their first, their first six albums, right? All of their albums that were on Tommy Boy. And um, it has been a long time coming. When I tell you a long time coming, I mean the longest time coming of all time, bruh. Like, there are so many people who have not heard these albums. I'm a person who got to hear them, but I'm also a person who either didn't have a, access to them digitally or hadn't heard them in a really long time. You know, like, there was a couple albums that I really never heard, right? So, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I only knew a few songs that I that I heard of from, like, off the AOI albums, right? AOI Bionics and, 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 and Mosaic Thump, right? Those two albums, to me, I didn't hear that much of. I'm only 30 years old, right? Well, 31 now. <laughs> I had a birthday. But I'm 31 years old, right? And so... Some of their music is older than me, so you you put that into perspective, right? And 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 here's the thing though, like there's a lot of contractual bullshit, like record label shit that led to Daylight's music really never being released, even even in a physical format, but in a digital format, it is finally coming to the forefront, and like it, it it's. It's about fucking time because honestly, Daylight to me is one of the most legendary groups ever, right? But and and they they've it's funny because to me they just kept getting better. They were already great starting out, like three feet high rising. This is just the starting point, right? March third, nineteen eighty nine, right? This is the starting point for these guys, and they still kept getting better. Like Three Feet High Rising is a groundbreaking album, right? There's no, there's, it's it's the the reason why this album hadn't came out is is for so many reasons, but um, yeah, this is the debut album from De La Soul, right? Three Feet High Rising. Why is it so important? It catapulted hip hop into a new stratosphere in so many different ways. It was not only the blueprint sonically for, but 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 it was the blueprint for hip-hop album structures and 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 like i said before it was released march 3rd 1989 the album contained more than 60 60 samples the album contained more than 60 samples think about this so most albums even now even at the height of like people using sampling i think there may at the most be like maybe 15 to 20, right? And <laughs> 60 on the 27 tracks <laughs> that are on this debut album, there were 60 cents. Think about that. Like, there was an unprecedented a way that they were using the samples, but also it was an unprecedented amount. But the number, like the number was one thing, Right? But the way they use it was another thing. And then, you know, three late teenagers from Long Island mentored by a DJ from the group Statasonic became a match made in heaven. And the nerdiness group with the hilarity and beautiful playfulness that invited the listeners to be themselves. And like, 
just as they were. Like, they were some kids from the suburbs, man. You know? Not everyone had to be gangster. You could be a thoughtful black kid from the suburbs, like I said before, and still have something interesting to say. So let's get let's get to the members, right? So like I said before, you got Kelvin Mercer, who is known as Pasta News Plug One. He rocked a high top fade. He had them big round specs, you know, dark skinned brother. Born in East Massapeca, right? New York, which is Long Island, you know, the South Shore of Long Island. He was immersed in hip hop starting out, right? And he was geared more towards DJing, actually, more so than MCing at first. But actually, he was like, you know what? Let me get back into MCing. And, and, and at first, when he was DJing, he called himself DJ Sop Sound. And, <laughs> you know, the shit, shit sound cool, right, at first. And let's be real. Before that, it was even worse. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. I'm just playing. He called himself MC Legiticus before this. Just telling you. <laughs> just telling you. He was like, MC Legit, Nigga, that sounds terrible. That was the original name. <laughs> but then he ended up becoming, you know, Sop Sounds. And then it was like, I don't know about Sop Sounds. Well, wait a minute. What if you put it backwards? Oh, pause to noose. Right? Pause the noose. Sop backwards, then sound backwards. Plug one. <laughs> there you go. So, um, <laughs> you know, if, if you don't know what Sop mean, you're not from the South probably. It's okay, but it, it, the the name Sop means to like you know get some bread and like you know put it on the plate and and drag it and kind of like soak up the bread. <laughs> it's kind of like soaking up. So sopping up is like soaking up sound. So basically, you know, it was a metaphor for the variety of musical interests that he would blend or he has, right? But when he when he you know when he was in seventh grade, he met a kid by the name of um, David Jilliker, right? And um, he was a kid who grew up in a traditional Haitian household, um, and he wasn't exposed to many U.S. dishes and grew rather fond of, <laughs> you guessed it, yogurt. <laughs> so following in the peculiar name naming convention of Kelvin Mercer, right, Pazanus, he reversed his name just like him. And used his favorite food, yogurt, which backwards is Trugoy. Paired with his family nickname, they called him Dove, right? So he ended up becoming Trugoy the Dove. And that's plug two. The pair later met uh, a DJ in high school by the name of Vincent Mason. <laughs> um, he was a nice guy, but with a fuck around and find out demeanor, you know? <laughs> PA, Pacemaster Mace. You know, because of his name being Vincent Mason, it made the most sense, right? Plug three. A unique name still, but it paid homage to the forefathers of hip-hop, like Grandmasters, you know? But he was a pacemaster, right? You know, it had his own spin on it, but it still paid respect. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get into the name of the album, you know? Because those three guys are phenomenal. And it's awesome that they pretty much stayed a group... <laughs> Still, they're still a group. Even with Dave gone, passed away, still a group. So um, the name for the album came from the name of a Johnny Cash song, Five Feet High and Rising. Um, Cash was talking about like, oh, uh, you know, a flood, <laughs> a Mississippi flood rising and closing in. 
But Daylight flipped that shit and said three feet high and rising. And it represented three rising hip hop artists changing the soundscape of the genre itself. And my goodness, did they change the soundscape of a genre? Woof, man. So, um, you know what? Let's get into. So, I already basically did the first song that everyone heard, right? That's that that's that's plug tuning, right? Let's get into more. Let's get into more and let's see what we can truly fuck people up with. So, let's talk about this album. Let's talk about the intro starting out. So, the intro <laughs> is fucking awesome, right? Um you know, it's it starts off with this organ and this in this game show format, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> right. So honestly, it's unprecedented at this time for a hip hop album to have skits like this and have an intro that is so funny. It seems like all these guys are just really <laughs> trying to make each other laugh, right? And that's the most genuine form of comedy to me. And Prince Paul, of course, is is a funny ass nigga, like. Prince Paul is 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 a big element of this entire era. Like honestly, from here to Balloon Mind State, Prince Paul is involved in every album and almost the backbone. Honestly, the unspoken plug for let's just say it: the unspoken plug for for the first three albums of De La. Right, so it's like Prince Paul and De La. And 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 daylight being daylight is two different things, right? Two different forms, two different like ideologies, philosophies. Um, and there's a lot of playfulness on this album. But that that skit is hilarious. Like it's it's like I said, it's a game show format, and I, I'm just like, wow, this I cannot even imagine back in '89 hearing this shit. It's a completely different vibe. You're like, man, I've never heard this before. And these niggas is having fun. They they saying all types of shit. And I love it. Um, and then, you know, you jump into the magic number. And pretty much the magic number revolves around. And I'm gonna be real. One of the greatest numbers in numerology. Three. Three is a number of completion, and they explain many different ways, right? That, but, the, you know, you got the three feet high and rising, right? You're talking about three guys, right? Three is the magic number. You got two rappers, DJ, and technically it's four if you include, like, <laughs> you know, if you include uh, Prince Paul. But at its core, it's three niggas. So <laughs> the magic number has such a great, like, just a great air to it. So, yeah, I mean, I could quickly play it like right here, right now, like so, like this. Three, that's a magic uh. number. Yes, Three. it is. It's the magic number. Three. Somewhere in this hip hop soul community. 
was born three makes love in me, and that's a magic number. <laughs> Difficult preaching is possible with pleasure. Pleasure in preaching starts in the heart. Something that stimulates the music in a measure, measure in the music. Alright, so yeah, that's a magic number. Um and this was actually re-released as the first true single um that they had for Three Feet High and Rising for 2023. Um and I thought it was actually a really good idea to do so, right? So we can get into <laughs> their biggest single, you know, but um we could talk about that later as well. Um, you know, you have Change and Speak, which is fucking dope as shit. Um, but I'm I'm probably gonna just kind of go over like the really seminal tracks on this album. But it's so it's 27 tracks on this album. It's so many, but it's such a really great like album, right? So actually, it's 23, right? I thought it was 27. It's 23. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but um, yeah, like. There's me, myself, and I, of course, right? That's that's the song. I have a I have a bit of a story with me, myself, and I, and I don't know if I should go over it now. You know, fuck it. Let's just let's go over it now. Let's 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 do it. Everyone knows it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Mirror, mirror on the wall Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes Or is it just my daylight song? What I do ain't make-believe People say I sit and try But when it comes to being daylight It's just me, myself, and I Yeah, that was their big hit That was probably the biggest song they ever released And De La Soul hates that song <laughs> They hated it back then. <laughs> they were like, ah, I just, yeah, it's whatever. It's, <laughs> and they were kind of like, yeah. I, I watched an interview with them, right? And um, <laughs> they they talked about how, like, hey, you know, we really get energy from the crowd on this, and that motivates us to perform it. But all in all, they ain't really fucking with this song, bro. Like, they weren't feeling it like that when it was out, but the song blew up. Right, and it's a big chunk of why this album went platinum, right? So you're like, well, damn. <laughs> I mean, it's, what do you do? What do you do when that is literally the biggest song you've ever made? And it's like, when you perform, you know you're gonna have to do that song. You may have to close your set with that song. You know, and it's kind of like the song that you typically are most known for, you have to perform the most. And that's nerve wracking. Right. But the fact that they didn't even like it back then, like they didn't even they didn't even like it back then. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's different. It's different when it was back then and they weren't even like torn like that yet. Right. But it, it's yeah, it, it's it, it's different. Right. That song is amazing and is seminal, right, to late 80s hip-hop, alternative hip-hop, right? It sucks that they don't like that song. Bro. It sucks, right? It's like um, I was watching Drink Champs with them, but I also was watching Drink Champs with, like, Scarface, right? Scarface was like, yeah, I don't like my block. Huh? Yeah, that's just the radio-friendly shit. Yeah, I was like, what? 
and I love a lot of Scarface, but I thought My Block was like a, a one of one of the one of the bigger songs, right? That he's had. And he said, "Yeah, that ain't even the shit that I fuck with." I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> but that's that's the thing. It's like the song that tends to be the most popular. That group don't that group or artist tends to not fuck with it like that, and it's just kind of how it is, right? And I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's right." <laughs> They don't like this song. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's always been an interesting kind of dynamic to look at, especially watching their interviews and seeing it like that. Like, yeah, yeah, me, myself, and I, yeah, mm hmm, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how they treat it. Oh, man. But then you have I Know, which to me is a much more tender and sweeter song, right? And it's it's honestly a lovely song, right? I mean, just 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 listen to it. Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world of phrasing right up to back. It's the daisy age, and you're about to walk top stage, so wipe your lottoes on the mat. Hip-hop love, this is, and don't mind when I quiz your involvements before the sun. But clear your court, cause this a one-man sport, and who's better for this than plug one? Plug don't one. have to worry about me squashing other deals, cause they've already been squished. Freeze a frame of our moves the same, Fresh. which we can continue right behind the bush. stay with me, I... That song is beautiful. <laughs> like that song, that song is beautiful to me. I'm just be like, man, it's one of the songs that you can play at a wedding. It's it is. It's I know it's a song that you can play at a wedding. And you're like, wow. And it's the oldest wedding sample, right? It, it's beautiful. Like the drums and and the way they use samples like stabs here and there are always throughout this album. It's it's, it's a wonderful take. So let's get into their even more lighthearted and silly side, right? Let's talk about Jennifer Taught Me. But it's also like sensual in a way. It's like it's like a high school romance type of thing, right? But it's also like, yeah, I was getting some. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jennifer Taught Me. Um it it it, it legit was uh <laughs> Just a zany, almost zany in a way. Like, listen. Access to her code, love struck, was my mode. Took a look, dropped my textbook, Jennifer. Oh, breakfast, broken fast, she was in my English class, asked for notes, rocked my boat, Jennifer, oh, Jenny, lost her favorite penny, so I gave her a dollar, she kissed me, and I hollered, in a flash, the school bell rang, Jenny grabbed onto my hand, took me home, and said, you gorgeous, swing it, swing it, swing, Fools, I love them. I love them, man. They because they do what they want and they don't care what anybody has to say. Like Jennifer, oh Jennifer, <laughs> Jenny, <laughs> you know, ah, beautiful. Um, but yeah, like 
there's like so many like skits here and there that have like these awesome like quick takes in them and um one that garnered a lot a lot and when i mean a lot i mean lawsuit <laughs> controversy you had transmitting live from mars i don't know sounds like this écoutez à midi quelle heure est-il il est midi c'est l'heure de déjeuner qu'est-ce qu'il y a à manger des saucisses sans doute écoutez et répétez à midi à midi à midi quelle heure est-il quelle heure quelle heure est-il Il est midi, midi, midi. Il est midi. Il est midi. C'est l'heure de déjeuner. C'est l'heure. C'est l'heure de déjeuner. De déjeuner. C'est l'heure de déjeuner. Yeah, but you can hear. You can hear like a very prominent sample in there. And um basically no one thought about it, right? It, it Tommy Boy was like, "Oh yeah, Tom Tom Silverman." He was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. We're good." Yeah, that actually was a sample from the Turtles. Oh, guess who's a fan of of hip hop and 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 listens to De La Soul? Um the Turtles' son. <laughs> The Turtles' grandson. I don't, I don't remember who exactly had listened to it, but it was a relative of the Turtles. And they were like, hey, guys, this is your shit. And the Turtles was like, we're suing. <laughs> I think it was like $2 million. It was, it was a really ridiculous. Like, It was the first time someone had actually had like a suit like this. And it was like a landmark situation when we're talking about like copyright infringement and Shit like that, and not understanding how sampling works because older, older people from a different type of like genre of music are not understanding that hey, this is art still, and you know, <laughs> you know, they're just like, ah, no, fuck you. <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, that was the one that garnered a lot of controversy, but um, yeah, like it, it just the sampling is so cool on this album and it's something that you 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 almost can't get your mind over how well it was done for the time that it was in right this is an era of like maybe an mpc 60 maybe a s maybe a s 900 I'm, I'm thinking it's like or s 950 maybe this, this was a long time it was 1989 guys so I, there was no there was no pro tools there was no like really sophisticated digital software from a computer that you could use. It was beat machines, turntables, and 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 literally everything was pretty much analog. So the shit that they were doing was groundbreaking. How smooth it was! Oh, yeah. 
But on that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be back right after this, niggas. You have reached the intermission for the first album, Three Feet High and Rising, in the Inner Sound series. Why don't they have intermissions anymore? Seems like everyone's turning to bitch-ass niggas. Be creative. You're scared? Good. Back to the fuckery. She had two twins though, and one crib Now she's only 14, what a start But this effect is ground common in these parts Now life in this world can be such a bitch And dreams are often torn and shattered and hard to stitch Negative the attitude that runs the show When the stage is the G-H-E-T-T-O Which is the one to blame when bullets blow? Either Peter, Jane, or John or Joe But Joe can't shoot Alright, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, (laughs) y'all That's Ghetto Thang So, um, Ghetto Thang to me is part of the serious subject matter that they have on this album, right? Ghetto Thing basically goes into... And and, and, and you got to think of the perspective, right? So, De La Soul, a bunch of kids from Amityville, right? Which is considered to be the suburbs of New York, right? So, they're not necessarily in the hood, right? But they're speaking about the ills of being in the hood... Um, the ills of being poor, the ills of black people in these conditions, and why it's cyclical, why it's such a a, a problematic a problematic like theme for black folks, and why people act the way they do in these conditions, right? It's some heavy shit. <laughs> they lie on some heavy shit with this, right? And um. It is one of the funkiest fucking songs to be talking about some heavy shit. But Daylight to me has always been able to find the funk even in a really rough, like rough ass. And and these are even especially during these like Prince Poe time, like the, the, the Prince Poe albums to me is like they found the funk in ways that. You know, you just like, man, it's so many samples. So, like, let me list off some samples here for Ghetto Thing because, like, you're going to be like, what? Yeah, so let me go to Who Sampled. Who Sampled has a shit ton of, like, just a bunch of, like, and I'm, I typically didn't want to be, like, the sample snitch here, but, I mean, they have roughly six samples on this song. And that's a low amount for, honestly, a Daylight song, right? Especially if you're talking about like De La Soul is dead era stuff. But this is this is this is still three feet high and rising. But you got Clapfuck, Blackbirds, two Blackbird songs, by the way. James Brown sample, right? Sarah Joseph Hale sample. It's literally, literally, literally a Mary had a little lamb fucking 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 piece in the middle of the It's literally referencing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Like, bro, that's crazy. You got you got Fearless Four, you know, sample in there. So it's literally like they are taking samples and sourcing it like in a way that it complements like the hook or complements the subject matter. And gotta gotta hand it to DJ uh Prince Paul, man. Pr- Prince Paul, he, he just keeps doing it. He just he just at, at this time he was 
it was it was it was unprecedented to be sampling like this. And eighty nine niggas was sampling like this. This is technically what I would call the beginning of the golden era. So it was a lot of niggas that was like flipping shit like in new ways completely and blowing other shit out of the water. And honestly, if you go back to like eighty eight, it was a lot of shit. Eighty eight, eighty nine, it was a lot of bad shit that was coming out. So this was like the top tier upper echelon shit. Not only did they have the amazing subject matter talking about black people living in poverty, you know, from a perspective of suburban kids who had time to really think about the conditions that black people were living in. But it is a, a, a beautiful goulash of samples from Kraftwerk, which Kraftwerk to me is like the building blocks of hip hop, right? But it was electronic music from before hip hop, you know? So you got Blackbirds, which is... You know that that's 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 your 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 bread and butter. That's your soul, right? You got funk because you got James Brown in there. Then you got like classical when we're talking about Mary had a little lamb, nigga. And then you have early, 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 early hip hop, the Fearless Four, right? So you, they're sampling other songs of hip hop still, right? But they're doing it in such a way that it's so seamless, that it's so effortless, and it's it's just funky. And and, and they were to me trailblazers for that type of stuff like there's this you know we're still talking about three feet high and rising so you you know you seen the cover you know you saw the promotion when the album came out you know you were like uh this is the hippie album i'll get into that later <laughs> i'll get into that whole narrative later but uh ghetto thing really it, it strikes a chord with me like it's like man this is an amazing song <laughs> but uh yeah on to the next one let's do it right about here. Yo, something's wrong here. No, not again. Hit the daisies for the hot holes in my lawn. Saying what to do when sucker lunatics start digging and chewing. They don't know that the soul don't go for that potholes in my lawn, and that goes for my rhyme sheet, which I concentrated so hard on. See, I don't ask for maximum security, but my dwelling is swelling. It lit my butt when I happened to fall into a spot where no ink or an ink block was on the scroll. I just wrote me a new mold, but now it's gone. Cause those suckers knew that I hate to recognize that every time I'm writing this. Born. Fucking fire ass potholes in my lawn. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Like it uses some of my favorite samples already. You know, synthetic substitution. That's that's like the classic beat break, you know. But it's using the melody from it too, which the piano in synthetic substitution is so fucking hard, bro. Like Ooh, <laughs> but yeah, another funky ass like golly, daylight. Just them niggas is man. It's almost like a suburban type of like anthem to me. Like you know, niggas have lawns out in Amityville, so <laughs> like having potholes in your lawn, <laughs> nigga. Oh, and it and it kind of plays off the whole like. The daisy, right? Potholes from pots of, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like potting plants and shit. Like that, that, that metaphor. It's like 
they played with it sometimes, like the metaphors, but they were just having fun. Them niggas is not hippies. They weren't. <laughs> them niggas just was fucking rhyming ass niggas. And don't you forget that shit. <laughs> don't you forget it. Man. But anyway, um, yeah. That that one just I have to mention that because like the samples of potholes in my lawn are just the synthetic substitution is is still one of the best <laughs> beat breaks, just melodies, nigga. Like, nigga, what? That piano is still one of the hardest pianos I've ever heard. Like, yeah. Like, let's look up the samples of potholes, right? So, potholes in my lawn, right? Potholes in my lawn has five samples, right? Um, there's the Royer sample. There's a Brother Soul sample, you know. There's a Parliament sample, right? But the Parliament sample is not what you expect. Like the Yolehi, Yolehi, nigga, that is fucking Parliament, because it's a song called "Little Country Boy," right? From, I mean, what what was it? What is it? The Osmium album? Yeah, that, bruh. Parliament was on some different shit back in the day, and this is like 1970. This is a different Parliament from like the. The knee deep sample that you had um, from fucking uh, uh, me, myself, and I, right? This is completely different. But like the sampling to me, like after Parliament, you got what? Magic Mountain, um, Eric Burdon, and War. Like it's so many different genres that are blended together. And sometimes it's just different forms of like the same genre but it all works so well and i think i call that a suburban anthem because niggas don't be having lawns like that in new york unless you like in queens or if you in long island you know long island is not even in the borough so you different you know you you out there you you out there <laughs> you know so oh man potholes man i when i go back to that one i just be like this shit fucking hard as fuck like, you know, the dun, 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 dun. like, nigga, what? All right, so let's hop into another one right about here. I, 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 that's say no go, right? Say no go to me. I love like the way this beat is constructed. Like it, it to me, it was groundbreaking for that time. Like knowing how shit was flipped and the way and the, and how choppy or, or like 
or or like fucked up it can be <laughs> to like mix that many different sounds together. I still think Say No Go is just amazing. Like <laughs> like you you can definitely hear the most prominent sample in there, right? Hollow notes, right? I can't I can't go for that, right? You know, say no go and what like they completely flip the lyrics of that song on its head, right? <laughs> Love it, right? But there's another like sample from the turtles in here. And there's a Detroit Emerald sample, there's an emotion sample, there's a slot stone sample, there's a you know funky four plus one sample. Um, and then there's the dragnet theme. Like nigga, like you you know, you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot in here, right? But um yeah, like the subject matter. Basically, it's an anti-drug song, right? So, now you got my body, now you got my soul. Or you want my body, now you got my soul, right? From, you know, <laughs> or you got the body, now you want my soul. I, I'm trying to get the lyrics right for all the notes. And by the way, I went to go see them live. All the notes live, they're amazing. I'm glad I got to see them while they were still kicking, doing their thing. But, um, actually, um, this is a anti-drug song, right? This is an anti, like... Drug selling, <laughs> drug doing, like it hey, say no, say no go to drugs. And that's basically what it was, right? Like and the and the and these themes pop up a lot, you know, throughout the early era of uh Daylight Soul. And honestly, it kind of evolves, right, throughout their discography. But this particular like song to me used a sample everybody knows and flipped it on its head for everybody to like go like Oh shit, this is crazy. You know? So yeah, say no go to me, man. Even Holland Oates themselves, like their their um their account uh on on TikTok actually ended up um posting the song Say No Go on their TikTok, which is crazy to me. Like it was like the ultimate love and respect for someone that you sample or someone that sampled you and it's it's different to see that like in this day and age because honestly the history of like a lot of people who who sample you know especially when like it's 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 like a group that is in particularly an era from the 90s right so or or late 80s right but let's let's look at this though right when did <laughs> i can't go for that Come out. 81. Right? This song, Say No Go, came out in 89. It's only the song was only eight years old. So it's like when you sample today, but not that distant. Like, I don't know, it's like me sampling a song from like 2017. You know, that's 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 the kind of the same thing, right? It's it's me sampling something from 2017, 2016. That's kind of what it is. But they paid their respects. I fucking love this song because it has a great message, but the way that it's flipped is still just... Them niggas have been doing this shit. <laughs> They've been killing this shit, bro. They just keep killing it, <laughs> right? And, and and the shit's timeless. This, this album is 34 years old, and I'm still like... This shit's still fresh to me. It's crazy. So, let's move on to the iconic Posse Cut... That is Hello. Meeny 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 meeny. Meeny 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 meeny. Meeny 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 meeny. 
I, 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 stop there, stop there, stop there. So, um, man, Buddy, to me, is such an amazing track that gets better <laughs> with the remix. <laughs> it's and, and, and the remix is even, like, more massive, right? But this has sparked so many questions, right? It, it's the ultimate podcast. Like, all these niggas going off. You got Q-Tip. You got Jungle Brothers. You got De La Soul. It's, like, crazy, right? And, 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 and this becomes a big question that so many people have asked and other, other collectives get asked this question like crazy, right? Of course, we are talking about the Native Tongues posse. Native Tongues being De La Soul, Jungle Brothers, Tribe Called Quest, uh, you know, uh, Money Love, uh, you know, I'm probably uh, Black Sheep, uh, any nigga that, that was fucking with that movement um, was part of that collective, right? But it just was like, like, one song they collaborated on, right? Buddy was fucking killing it, right? And after that, people have asked nonstop, nonstop. There was like, so when y'all going to make an album as, as an entire collective? When y'all going to collaborate again? When y'all going to work together again? De La Soul hates when you ask that shit. I remember watching an interview with Pasta News. Pasta News like, don't, don't say it. Don't say it. And Nick Huff Barilli, who's known for Hard Knocks, was like, oh, man, but when, when is... When is <laughs> Like, oh shit, when is native tongues? It's like, damn it, why'd you have to say it? And, um, yeah, man, like that shit is absolutely just a question that everyone feels they need to ask. And you know, Daylight's heard that fucking question a million times. But also, like, here's the awesome part, right, about Buddy the remix, which I will play real briefly. Let's play the remix. hard ass song bro like <laughs> um that one to me was an even bigger like just ridiculous possible the song is seven minutes and 20 seconds like that's the 12 inch version and it's got money love queen latifah on there too and you just like nigga this is this is crazy <laughs> like like bruh it's just so much right so much awesomeness and it uses you know the heartbeat sample but um 
the 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 original version actually uses and and of course if you if you really don't know what buddy actually means let's let's just say this buddy is like hey you're not necessarily somebody who i'm trying to be like with um on the level of a relationship and you just you just somebody who i'm you know i'm messing with and that's that's buzz buddy kind of the same um definition that music soul child used for his song buddy which uses the same sample it's really a fully inspirational it's an homage honestly to De La. but um yeah like you know it's big ass posit cut right with you know the, the original sample being uh which i think is both a funky right but the original sample is from the commodores and that one that one is fucking awesome i love it man it's it's a beautiful song and honestly three feet high and rising as an album has some of the most beautiful production still to this day i really think that a lot of the production on this album really cannot be said it cannot be said enough how the shit is crafted like with so much perfection but the thing is, it seems like they won't even try, you know, because they made the album like a few weeks. Like it's you like they made something a few weeks. Yes, them niggas was just having fun, okay. But I mean, we can go back to like the whole Prince Paul story, right? I, I was actually watching an interview with Prince Paul, right? Prince Paul was talking about um, how he made met DJ Maceo, right? So I didn't talk about this in the beginning because you know, new information. But but um, when he met Mace, um, I think he introduced to him Plug Tuning, and then I believe it was a couple other songs. But yeah, like Prince Paul was like, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this shit even better, right? He ends up like fucking making the 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 the. The, the even more enhanced version, like the version closer to what we know of plug tuning on a VHS tape. This is an audio VHS tape. Played this shit on a TV. Them niggas fucking lost it. And he added some flair to the samples, you know, or, or, or to the to the original beat. You know, he was like, it's a little skeletal. I'm going to add a little bit more to it. And it's a little closer to what you're hearing on the album now. But, um, yeah stories like that right it's like it's like extra shit like that people don't really know about right like you know you got prince paul who was a dj Sonic, like i said before but he wasn't liking uh his his role like he, they, he felt like he was a little kid that couldn't do anything it's like they gave him one thing and he did that one thing and they didn't let him go too far outside the lines and he was like shit i can't do damn thing i can't do what i want like the beats that were turned down from fucking stetsasonic ended up on three feet high and rising that's crazy to me that's some of the most funky ass dope ass shit prince paul to me honestly after reviewing and, and going back to these like albums with prince paul I mean, and it's been said before, but I feel like I understand it even more now, um, you know, because back when I used to watch the Daylight documentaries and, you know, 
listen to uh, everything you know i feel like as an older person i understand like the importance of what prince paul brought to this group and i understand more like of him as like a legendary producer he is one of the better producers in uh, in hip-hop probably of all time and 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 that's not being said lightly that's that's being said with so much respect because when a person like prince paul says something like and he said this shit before He'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I've been hearing shit today, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not an album that impresses me, or he'll say something like, you know, I like moments, but I don't necessarily love entire projects. And I'm like, yeah, because he's the nigga that kind of, like, was part of creating what I think we consider, like, the, the current soundscapes that are hip-hop right now, right? It's golden era, right? It's the beginning of the golden era, and and it ended up kind of being the catalyst for what we know today as hip hop. So yeah, man, like that nigga, that nigga was on some other shit for real. But um, I talk about the promotion of this album again, um, <laughs> because I said I was going to lead to it, right? Um, you know, when I talked about the whole hippie thing, I'll talk about that. And, uh, yeah, this will be it for the review. Um, of course, every single album <laughs> is rated on a five point scale. Um, and you know, it's called the Harlow scale because mediocrity, <laughs> the man of mediocrity is Harlow. So, <laughs> Terrible is called Aslant, which is a one out of five. Bad is called Hot Dog Water, which is a two out of five. <laughs> Ain't that much better. Mess slash okay is Harlow, which is a three out of five, or mediocre. Um, good is it gets them yeah hoes, which is a four out of five, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's a good album. Great is Broke the Cowbell, which is a five out of five. And honestly, every single album that I'm going to be doing, like, this is the first this is the first album that I will be talking about, right? Every single one of these albums I'm reviewing will be a five out of five. It will all, it, they will all be broke the cowbell. I don't really need to go through this, this, the fucking Harlow scale again for the rest of this review period because all of them are dope. All of them are dope. All of them are amazing in their own ways. I can't even. I'm, I'm having trouble. <laughs> Okay, there are points where I'm having trouble being like, is this the best one? Is this the best one? No, this ain't the best one. I don't know. Like, it's 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 gotten to that point, right? But um, let's talk about their promotion, and this will be it. So, um, there's that whole hippie kind of promotion. Um, <laughs> yeah, they did not like that shit. To be called hippie, oh yeah, they're hippies, they're hippie rappers, and them niggas hated it. Just like, no, nah, we not hippies, man. We just we just like this. We, we we like having fun. We kids. We doing what the fuck we want to do, bro. Like this, some fucking bullshit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this, some fucking bullshit, right? So, but um, Tommy Boy led with some heavy hand, like heavy handed production and making Daylight appear to be the hippies of rap, right? It created a strong stereotype of the group and how they were perceived. They weren't too fond of the messaging. In the promotion, it led to so much of a PR controversy. There's like a video where they're explaining, like, it, it, and it's the same video that they're like explaining what Daisy means, right? So Daisy means the in a sound, y'all. D meaning, you know, it's literally like the D A, <laughs> like the D A, the 
inner sound y'all isy right they, they and that's where you getting the name of this entire review series it's called the inner the inner sound series right because uh, inspiration so um yeah like after all of that um it gets really dark as far as like the shit that they're they're dealing with right but um yeah um that's pretty much it oh i also wanted to kind of talk about um a quick little piece, right? These are little, like, little Easter eggs. I like throwing a little Easter eggs. This is an Easter egg for, like, the De La Soul, um, Me, Myself, and I video. Um, and I wanted to talk about the one with the intro. So I think that that shit's super cool. So here we go. Oh, my God. I don't believe this, man. Yo, yo, Duff, who they put you with, man? I got Death Beat, man. Yo, man, they stuck me and Mace with Death Beat, too. Hello, Prince Paul's the name. You know the DJ for Sets of Sonic and the producer of this particular group? And now after that, known to the soul. Daylight, that is. If you take three glasses of water and put food coloring in them, you have many different colors, but it's still the same old water. Make the connection, and now, back to our video. Alright, yeah, so that, that shit was fucking dope to me. And, and they, they had a little, um... Exclamation! Explanation about this video intro, right? And um, there's like a different video. You can actually watch it on YouTube. It kind of explains like each part of the video, and it's been annotated by Pasta News, I believe. Um, and yeah, like basically that whole beginning part was something that they worked with uh, Prince Paul in because it was like we got to incorporate Prince Paul in this. And Prince Paul basically is breaking down like, hey, this is De La Soul, but in a Twilight Zone kind of way. And in in this particular situation, um, Prince Paul is Rod Serling. And them niggas were just goofy in that way, but very fucking dope. Like, they just were different, right? They were nerdy, but in a way where, like, people could get it. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking, fucking dope, man. So on that note, uh, that's been the episode. That's been the review. Please stay tuned to the Inner Sound series. This is episode one, right? Starts with Three Feet High and Rising, ends with AOI Bionics. There are six albums that I will be reviewing here. Stay tuned. Listen to them in order so you can get the full effect of how Daylight's impact has pretty much changed hip-hop support black businesses peace and love and as always thank you and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment please drive home carefully and come back again soon good night Buenas noches.